Hello, and welcome to this podcast presented by the Southern Alberta Council on Public Affairs. Welcome to Southern Alberta Council on Public Affairs. I am very excited today because I am fascinated by two things about this presentation. First of all, our speaker, Janet Youngdahl, is a leader of Baha'i faith, and yet she researches on 12th century Catholic nun, who was a wonderful musician. Uh, I heard that uh, Hildegard von Bingen was the subject of her research. Secondly, I have been interested in Baha'i faith for a long, long time, since 1970, when I met Dr. Ishmael Noko in Johannesburg in the circle of friends who were fighting against apartheid. And he was a wonderful human being, very tolerant of any faith, and passionate about social justice. Therefore, I am Truly, truly excited about this presentation. But to begin with, uh, I have to mention a few uh, housekeeping business. Make sure your cell phone are turned off, please. And also make sure that you pay 10 bucks for lunch and uh, some uh, pay for the cost of SACPA, except the speaker. You have a free lunch. And also, I wish to thank, on behalf of SACPA, the uh, friends and supporters of this program. First of all, University of Lesbridge, who uh, produces uh, flyers for the advertisement and uh, advertise it for us. And also, Country uh, Kitchen Catering, who produces wonderful lunch every week with such a small price. And uh, what else? Uh, Shaw TV, who comes here to record the proceedings. And uh, uh, it will be broadcasted on Sunday, 425, correct? 430, pardon me. Did I forget to say anything? Anyhow, uh, Dr. Young Dahl uh, is a soprano, uh, virtuoso, and professor of voice at the University of Lesbridge, and uh, she's a leader of Baha'i faith community in Lesbridge. So let us welcome Dr. Young Dahl. Thank you so much. What a pleasure to be here. And I have admired this organization so much since having moved to town. I think it's unique. And I think it serves a real purpose in our community. And more communities should have a SACPA of their own. So my topic today is why are the Baha'is still being persecuted in Iran? The recent sentencing of seven innocent members of the Baha'i faith in Iran. Thank you. 
is testament to the continued mistreatment of this religion under the Iranian government. Persecution of Baha'is began in the 19th century and has continued to the present day. Many members of this minority religion in Iran have been imprisoned and executed. Iranian Baha'is now face increasingly restrictive laws concerning employment, education, marriage, and the right to assemble. In the discussion that follows, I will provide a brief overview of the persecution of the Baha'is in Iran and will offer a short explanation of the Baha'i faith. In the news just last week, we learned that the seven imprisoned Baha'i leaders in Iran had their original 20-year jail sentence reimposed on them, six months after the appeal court reduced their sentence to 10 years. Confusing and terrible. Nothing has been seen in writing by the prisoners or their attorneys regarding this decision to revert to their 20-year sentences, nor have official copies of the original verdict or the ruling on appeal ever been seen. Since August of 2004, some 379 Baha'is have been arrested in Iran. There are many Iranian Baha'is currently in prison just because of their religion. Arrests and detentions are continuing throughout the country. Most of the detentions followed the familiar pattern of agents of the Ministry of Intelligence showing up at the homes of Baha'is, searching the premises and confiscating items such as computers and books, and then arresting the residents. There is now also a pattern of the government arresting teenagers who are teaching children's classes. Unfortunately, these arrests are just part of a government campaign designed to make life intolerable for the Baha'is. There is acute economic pressure on Iran's Baha'i community, with both jobs and business licenses being denied to them. All government jobs, including teaching, law, medicine, engineering, and civil service have been denied to the Baha'is since the years immediately following the revolution in 1979. And Muslims are often pressured to fire Baha'is in their employment in the public sector. Numerous cases have been reported of longtime shop owners being forced to surrender their business licenses under the threat of arrest. Baha'is have been forced out of their places of business, among them doctors evicted from their offices and clinics. Baha'is, unfortunately, are not allowed to engage in any business that involves food or water or construction, and in total there are 250 professions that are denied to the Iranian Baha'is. Authorities also use the tactic of arresting Baha'is and demanding huge sums of money, or the equivalent in property deeds for bail, as a method for impoverishing the believers. The world is watching these events, and pressure on the Iranian government is increasing as their treatment of the Baha'is deteriorates. Recent statements from the European Union for Foreign Affairs and Amnesty International are unanimous in describing the reimposition of the 20-year jail terms as outrageous. Quoting President Barack Obama's address to the Iranian people on the Persian New Year, he said, Young and old, 
men and women, rich and poor, the Iranian people have been persecuted. This is from March 2011. Hundreds of prisoners of conscience are in jail. The innocent have gone missing. Journalists have been silenced. Women tortured. Children sentenced to death. The world has watched these unjust actions with alarm. We have seen the Baha'i community and Sufi Muslims both punished for their faith. In addition, the European Parliament adopted a new resolution on the 10th of March concerning the European Union's approach to Iran, condemning in particular the systematic persecution of the Baha'i community and reiterating its call for the release of the seven Baha'i leaders. In recent years, there has been an increase in false portrayals of the Baha'is in the media in Iran. Every method of press, on radio, television, newspapers, even in scholarly publications. Since 2005, for example, the semi-official Kehan newspaper has run more than 200 false misleading or incendiary articles about Baha'i teachings, history, and activities, an effort that has been echoed on television and radio. The Kehan articles engage in a deliberate distortion of history. They make use of false historical documents. They falsely describe Baha'i moral principles in a manner that would be completely offensive to Muslims or to any others. They've reported recently, for instance, that Baha'is eat their children. <laughs> I mean, the, the amount of, of falsehood is astonishing in its degree. This campaign of misinformation has had a tremendous effect on Iranian citizens, who understandably often believe the outrageous and false statements about the Baha'is because of the widespread and devious nature of the false information. Unfortunately, the vandalization of the Baha'i cemeteries has become commonplace. Harassment over Baha'i burials and the desecration of cemeteries are clear indications that the persecution is based solely on religion and not the result of any threat posed by the Baha'is, as officials sometimes claim. In the past year or so, Baha'i cemeteries in seven different cities in Iran have been defaced bulldozed, or in some way blocked off, usually with large equipment. In addition, denials of access to higher education for Iranian citizens identified as Baha'is has been well documented in recent years. Even with continued international pressure, Baha'i students are still unable to enter colleges or universities in Iran. One recent case concerned a young woman who has had the highest test scores in the entire country who was denied access to a university. Baha'i school children at all school levels continue to be monitored and slandered by officials in schools. Secondary school students often face pressure and harassment, and some have been threatened with expulsion. Why? What is the reason for this treatment? To comprehend this, it is necessary to understand the foundation and core beliefs of the Baha'is. And while there are many Baha'is around, 
I'm sure that many of us aren't aware of the tenets of the Baha'i faith, so I'm going to, to some extent, go over a few of them for you. There are two major figures in the Baha'i faith, the Bab and Baha'u'llah. In 1844, in Shiraz, Persia, a young man known as the Bab, his dates are 1819 to 1850, the Bab announced the imminent appearance of a messenger of God, awaited by all the peoples of the world. The title Bab means the gate in Arabic. Although himself the bearer of an independent revelation, the Bab declared that his purpose was to prepare humanity for the appearance of a new prophet that would unite the world's religions. Soon, Baha'u'llah, a Persian nobleman, announced his support for the message of the Bab. Swift and savage persecution at the hands of the dominant Muslim clergy followed this announcement. The Bab was arrested, beaten, imprisoned, and finally, on July 9, 1850, was executed in the public square of the city of Tabriz. Engulfed in the waves of violence unleashed after the Bab's execution, Baha'u'llah himself was subjected to imprisonment, torture, and a series of banishments. The first was to Baghdad, where... In 1863, he announced himself as the promised one by the Bab. From Baghdad, Baha'u'llah was sent to Constantinople, then Adrianople, and finally to Akka in the Holy Land, where he arrived as a prisoner in 1868. Although imprisoned for the majority of his life, Baha'u'llah wrote extensively about the foundation of a new religion, his primary revelation is the idea that all religions are speaking about the same God and that there is no need for religious warfare. His message of unity is backed up by a series of principles that make it possible for justice to be achieved on a worldwide basis. The principles include elimination of racial prejudice, equality of men and women, elimination of extremes of wealth and poverty, the need for universal education, the necessity of each person's independent search for truth, the establishment of a global commonwealth of nations, and the harmony of science and religion. These principles form the moral foundation of a new religion, the Baha'i Faith, designed to recognize the interconnectedness of religions of the past, as well as to form the basis of a religion that embraces this new moral code. Baha'u'llah's extensive writings include revelation about these teachings, prayers, meditations, and laws and guidance about the creation of a new religion. Why are these teachings so problematic for the Iranian government? You may have some ideas of your own about that. <laughs> Admittedly, although the Baha'is recognize the sacred station of Muhammad, Jesus, and Abraham, among others, 
the majority of Baha'u'llah's teachings are in opposition to the current interpretation of Islam that is being enforced by Iran's Muslim leadership. The Baha'i writings extol the virtues of Muhammad's revelation, but distinguish his revelation from the interpretation by Muslim clergy. In fact, several of the Baha'i teachings are seen as a direct threat to Iranian Muslim clergy, among them the equality of men and women, the right for independent investigation of religious truth, and Baha'u'llah's declaration that it is time for humanity to take on the responsibility for religious leadership without having any clergy. In the Baha'i faith, there are no clergy. Baha'is are elected by ballot with no campaigning allowed to serve on local, national, and international spiritual assemblies. These form the various nine-member administrative bodies of the faith, and there is no single figure in charge of the religion and no sermonizing, no clergy. This obviously is seen as a direct threat by the Muslim clergy that are running Iran right now. Given the fact that both the Bab and the Baha'u'llah were from Persia, modern-day Iran, and the Iranian people's dire need for freedom, is it any wonder that the Baha'is are seen as such a threat by the government? Their campaign of suppression, misinformation, and persecution is an attempt to hide the faith from the Iranian people. The world is watching and the five million Baha'i believers around the world are steadfast that the situation in Iran must change immediately. It is intolerable for all of us. Now, as, a, as an additional introduction to the faith, I would like to do two things. One is just to read one of the Baha'i prayers for mankind, humanity, and the other is to sing one of the uh, Baha'i chants that I've put to music. The Baha'i writings are written both in Arabic and Persian, but now have mainly been translated into English um, in a rather beautiful um, translation, not unlike the King James Version of the Bible, um, and I found them uniquely suited to setting to music. So first I'm going to read one of the main uh, Baha'i prayers uh, for mankind. O thou kind Lord, thou hast created all humanity from the same stock. Thou hast decreed that all shall belong to the same household. In thy holy presence they are all thy servants, and all mankind are sheltered beneath thy tabernacle. All have gathered together at thy table of bounty. All are illumined through the light of thy providence. O God, thou art kind to all. Thou hast provided for all, dost shelter all, conferrest life upon all. Thou hast endowed each and all with talents and faculties, and all are submerged in the ocean of thy mercy. O thou kind Lord, unite all. Let the religions agree and make the nations one 
so that they may see each other as one family and the whole earth as one home. May they all live together in perfect harmony. O God, raise aloft the banner of the oneness of mankind. O God, establish the most great peace. Cement thou, O God, the hearts together. O thou kind Father, God, gladden our hearts through the fragrance of thy love. Brighten our eyes through the light of thy guidance. Delight our ears with the melody of thy word, and shelter us all in the stronghold of thy providence. Thou art the mighty and powerful. Thou art the forgiving, and thou art the one who overlooketh the shortcomings of all mankind. That prayer was written by Abdu'l-Baha, who is one of the sons of Baha'u'llah. And um, there are prayers that Baha'is use written by the Bab, Baha'u'llah, and Abdu'l-Baha equally. Now, one of the other um, major concerns of the faith is that of personal transformation. And Baha'is spend their lifetime trying to acquire virtues on earth so that we can have lots of virtues to help us in the next world. And so the concept of personal transformation is very much present throughout the writings. So I'm going to sing for you one of the prayers that deals very deeply with personal transformation. Thank you. 